Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode with a very special guest, so stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out-of-control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another special episode. Today I have a very special guest with me who I've had on the show a couple times before, Bethany Dotson. So first of all, welcome, Bethany. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Thank you for having me back. I'm very happy you're back. I actually, um, somebody who is a very avid listener of the podcast had actually remembered our first episode together. And she reached yeah. out to me saying, I can't find the episode anywhere and I want to listen to it. And I thought, I need to call Bethany. We need to do another <laughs> because they're always so good and you have such good insights. And um, for those of you guys who don't know Bethany yet, Bethany is a super gifted uh, relationship expert and she helps women get out of uh, toxic relationship patterns and learn how to enter into healthy relationships that really serve them. And isn't that so much like what we do here, except it's the relationship with food. But I think that one thing that Bethany and I always have in common when we go on our walks is we talk about how the root of this stuff is all the same, right? That if we want to have a healthy relationship, whether it's with our um, one person or another person or with food or with our bodies, like it all begins with ourselves. And if we yes. can't have a healthy relationship with ourselves, it's very difficult to expect that we'll have a healthy relationship with anyone else. And Bethany is so good. And um, I always learn so much when we uh, take walks together and talk about these things. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. So let's talk about what I what I kind of wanted to talk about today is how to exit a toxic relationship and how to start um, because in order to rebuild, right, we have to kind of make, I think, the decision first to not continue the toxic patterns. And then then and only then can we really then create the space to build something different. So what would you say would be like the first step for somebody who maybe has been in this pattern of toxic relationship, whether it's with another person or really it's with ourselves? Um, because why would we be in a toxic relationship with another person if we wanted to treat ourselves properly? So what would be the first step to even like move in that direction? So uh, I wish this was a simple, straightforward answer. Um, I'll try to simp like the first step in leaving a toxic relationship. Um, I, I honestly believe you have to reach a pain threshold where you've had like the pain is so great that the the writing most people that I work with like ninety nine percent of them all knew very early on that their partner or their ex-partner was not good for them, like within the first month, but spent years, sometimes decades, ignoring their intuition, ignoring themselves. And 
making this this person you your clients make food the focal point let me let me escape myself by putting all of myself in here so you know in terms of a toxic relationship they're extremely addicting and it's just like any other substance addiction food addiction you the first step in leaving is unfortunately for many people hitting rock bottom um the abuse has to escalate to such a great level that it's no longer possible to ignore what's really going on i think people who struggle with addictive habits whether it's binge eating or staying in a toxic relationship are really good at justifying why it's okay to keep doing what they're doing like the the voice in their mind that tells them it's okay just one more day go into the kitchen it's not that bad that whole rationalization he's fine he'll get anger management we just need another more month of counseling together and then it'll get better like people in toxic relationships get really good at justifying why it's why trying again they look at all of the the good behavior that happened and usually i mean the 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 really heartbreaking part about toxic relationships is that almost always it feels like you've met your soulmate almost always it feels like this person fight this is the one person who gets me this is the one person who oh my gosh i just feel such a connection i've never felt a connection like anybody else with this but this person it this is it and that is often right like the most abusive relationship um, if somebody has a pattern of unhealthy relationships so the first step is really get, reaching a point where you're no longer willing to lie to yourself where you're no longer willing in my opinion the abuse the emotional abuse the manipulation the gaslighting has to escalate to a point where it's no longer like it it the writing is clear it's like getting worse it's like the universe is smacking you upside the head with a 2 by 4 like this is clearly not getting any better and i honestly think that is when people make the final decision to change um i work with a lot of people who make a decision to change and to leave but they go back multiple times and this is normal I went back 9 times to my ex 9 that's like you know so it's you know it's really easy to to slide back so making the final I would like to reframe that if I could making the final decision um has to it had things have to get pretty bad you have to be you have to have so much resolve and so much conviction and like usually things have to get so bad that there's like no way you can keep avoiding that. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think yeah, the whole time you were talking I was thinking about how this relates to food and I feel like I've seen with my clients too, you know, there are people who are, you know, and we've talked about this, who are interested in changing and that's a huge difference from someone who is like completely committed to changing. Yes. 
yes. people who are interested will do things like listen to every episode of this podcast. Right. <laughs> people who are committed. <laughs> I'm not trying to knock my podcast. Like there's some good information here, but there's a difference between information and transformation. And at some point when it's bad enough, someone will reach out to work with us. Yes. And that's usually at the point that you're describing where I cannot do this for one more day. Yeah, And I think you're right that um, people, especially like smart people, even though this isn't necessarily like a quote unquote smart thing, but I think it's a pattern of smart people. And I have myself have been guilty of this is we can do that justification of why it's not that bad. Or we can think of someone who's worse and we say, well, at least I'm not that, at least I'm not getting punched in the face. At least I'm not eating a whole tub of ice cream in one night. At least, you know, like we, we justify to ourselves why it's not that bad. And I think that's also because over time we've built such a high pain threshold and oh, because yeah. we're more intellectual and analytical, we can justify anything. We can argue the, any side of anything. Smart people can do that. You know, anal analytical people, I should say, can do that. And the more we do that, the more we kind of build ourselves into this bubble of it's fine, like could be worse. Meanwhile, we are so much more miserable than we have to be. And I think you're right. It's that rock bottom of, I cannot live like this for one more day. That's the interested. That's the difference between interested versus committed. Yeah, you you, you talk. I want to I want to say a few words uh, in addition to that because that's a really good point. Um, I would say, like you, probably you get a lot of people reaching out. Um, and they're at that rock bottom or they're very close to it or they've been sitting at rock bottom for a while and they're like, I have to do something. Like there's no other option. I have to change. Um, and I get those people too. And those people are usually the, the, the best clients because they have internal motivation. Like they have their own motivation. Like it's not, I'm not dragging them up the mountain. Like I'm not the Sherpa who's like pulling them on a sled behind me. Like they're actually walking because they're ready to change. Um, I think there are people who, you mentioned, you know, smart people justify and they get really good at that. Uh, and they kind of build this cocoon of like for themselves. And I feel like it's like digging yourself a hole, like you're digging an early grave. Like the more you say it's not that bad or, you know, I feel like for me, I see a lot of women who not only say it's not that bad i haven't been on a date in five years but <clears throat> i can figure this out it's not that bad i haven't been on a date in five years because i'm so scared of meeting another narcissist but you know what i think i can figure this out i figure out most things so there's this like hyper independence that can accompany the justifying pattern um, and sometimes, you know, I personally get people who reach out to talk about working together and they're mostly in the interested space, but because they heard something or maybe they read an email, something that I said or something that they watched, like temporarily pierced through their justification wall. <laughs> <laughs> 
And they were like, oh my gosh. And then by the time we get on the phone together, they've already gone back to their, oh, it's not that bad. They've already gone back to that pattern because it's so deeply ingrained. So yeah, I think, I think, um, I think you do have to be at a point if you're going to really, really change, you have to be at a point where like, there's, I think this is just, you know, in large part, like human nature, people are motivated, typically more motivated to get away from pain than they are to seek pleasure. Um, I typically work mm -hmm. more with clients who are out of the relationship and they're still, it's months or years later, still ruminating about their ex, can't move forward. And it's usually at that point where they're out and they're still so stuck. Meanwhile, he's moved on with like new supply. He left and moved, moved in with a new girlfriend like two weeks later, like versus the people that have been single for like 10 years and have not dated anybody in 10 years, those people are so cocooned in the hole that they've dug themselves. Like it's not that bad that it's, it's more challenging uh, to move them forward. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. There are two um, things that you said that I wanted to like circle back to because they really hit home. I think, for us. So first you said something about hyper-independence and this idea of, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. And um, these can often be, right, those problem-solving people, people who like, you. I have a problem, I'm accustomed to solving it, I will solve this. And like you said, five years go by, 10 years go by, and more, more years can go by. And it's like, at what point like you said, is it going to get bad enough where you're going to get the help that you actually need? Because clearly we can't all do everything on our own, but at what point is it um, bad enough to bring in somebody to really help you and walk you through the process? And that was number one. But number two, what you said, which was interesting to me, that people who have these toxic relationships swear that this is like soulmate. And that reminded me of how a lot of people who I work with romanticize these diets and will recall a time where they went on this diet and they felt so good and they lost all this weight and it was the prime of their life. And they forget what happened. I mean, they know what happened after, right? Spiraling, binging, gaining all the weight back plus more not even connecting the fact that it was the extreme um, nature of the diet that propelled all of that backsliding and backlash. But because they remember the, the exciting, euphoric, addictive part in the beginning of like, I'm motivated and here I go. Like we, we remember these, um, like you were talking about, keep going back to that narcissist. I feel like it, in, with us, it's like, keep going back to the diets because all we can remember when we're in that misery it's how good we felt, that feeling of like, I'm starting something new, clean slate, like everyone's rooting for me, or here I go, and I'm all in. And um, and it's such a, I know that feeling, it's such a good feeling, and losing all the weight, and like having all that, that good energy, that we forget that 
this is such a hugely toxic relationship that it's propelling us into something way worse than we were ever in before. And yeah. yet we still, when we're in that misery, remember that euphoria of the beginning. And that I think is what you're describing. Like we remember that soulmate euphoria in the beginning and we keep wanting to get back to that. So we keep going down the same path. But when we do, it just takes us down this road of self-destruction. It's like amazing. I'm getting chills, like how parallel it is and how like whether you're relating to another person or just you're relating to a substance or food, it's all the same pattern because it's all a relationship with yourself. Yeah. Um, as you're talking, yeah, that's really, that's really on point. Um, as you're talking like the, there's a, a really succinct three part cycle that happens in toxic relationships. And, and I hear a lot about this in like, then especially like, being in a relationship with somebody who has borderline or narcissistic personality disorder, you know, uh, experts will say there's the idealized phase where the, the toxic, the person with a disorder is like love bombing you. And then the, the person who's receiving this is like, oh, my knight in shining armor, blah, 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 blah. And then there's the devalue phase where the person who has the disorder starts to get subtly triggered and move away. And the person who has, you know, the codependent traits starts to get anxious because this person's starting to move away. So they start to devalue each other. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the discard phase where, you know, okay, I'm done. And it's like the rubber band snaps. And then the whole thing repeats itself over and over and over again. And I feel like you know, when you're talking about, I have two, two clients, by the way, who struggle with binging. So it's really interesting hearing you talk about, um, you know, idealizing this diet, because I have seen this, <laughs> I've seen this in my, uh, in my clients, a certain diet or like, you know, I have to get back to this diet plan that I, that I used to do. And it's, it's the same, it's the same thing that, that rush of, dopamine, serotonin, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an addictive pattern for sure. It's an addictive pattern for sure. So once the decision is made, like, okay, I've hit rock bottom. I am 100% committed to ending this cycle for myself. And I'm committed to a future of freedom and self-respect and uh, kindness to myself. What then? What's the first step then? Uh, you need to work with an expert. You need to work with a professional. Um, if you specifically have toxic relationship patterns, you probably have unhealed trauma, unhealed relational trauma. Um whether that stems from childhood or just your past ex-partners um, that, so you need to be working with somebody who's definitely trauma informed. What does trauma informed mean? It means that you're not going to keep somebody reanalyzing their past. There's some benefit in doing that to get some initial clarity, but the trauma plays out as a re emotional reaction an emotional reaction to a person, to a thought in your mind. So learning how to emotionally regulate 
what's happening up here, how you're feeling in here and get these two things syncing up. A lot of the women, um, the first week of my program is all about befriending your body and the aha moments that people have in that first week because they realize they have ignored themselves so many years and like there's all this information down here. So getting these two parts connected and working harmoniously, how you're thinking and how you're feeling and changing that template to something that's more positive and then making healthy choices. Um, you know, it sounds simple, but it's really complicated to do when you've been ignoring yourself, justifying bad behavior, settling, keeping yourself small, thinking that something's wrong with you for years and years and years and years. So working with an expert, a coach, I think therapy is good for people who have never had any work and they're just, the therapy is just, the, the, their very next step is just, I need to get out of bed in the morning so I can go to work. Like if you're, if you're struggling emotionally that much, I think therapy may be beneficial for you. But if you've been in therapy and you know, you're still binge eating or you're still attracting narcissistic partners, working with a coach, in my opinion, is the most helpful because it takes you where you are and it moves you forward down your timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would agree with that. And the the thing about, I think, what you're saying in terms of coming into your body, right? That's, that's what we do first, too. <laughs> and like what you're saying, most people have this trauma thing. And a lot of, you know, times people think, oh, trauma with a capital T. Well, is that just for people who have had sexual abuse or some violent history? No, no, no. Um, and trauma comes in many, many forms. And oftentimes when we're just living our lives, like my clients, some of them, like when we first start the work, they're like, oh, I don't feel stressed or I don't feel anxious or I don't feel. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're ang so anxiety ridden and so stressed that it's just become their norm. And then when we start, I remember one client who I had when I first taught the, the body work that first week with the breathing and really slowing down the system and shifting out of that trauma response into a relaxation response. She thought that something was like she thought something bad was happening to her at first because the mm -hmm. feeling was so unfamiliar where she was like, I feel like my body is just so it's like becoming limp or it's becoming like, do I need to go to the hospital? Like she said, do I need to go to the hospital? <laughs> she was, it was such an unfamiliar feeling. And then she was like, no, it feels good. I just like, what is this? And I'm like, this is your body actually calming down for the first time in possibly years or your whole life. And then, of course, it becomes normal. And then it feels out of whack when you're actually in the trauma response or stress. Then that becomes the abnormal. But I do believe that that's the first step. And and with with um, like what you said about therapy, I found that my clients who have gone through therapy before have done a lot of analytical hashing out of what happened in their childhood and why they might be the way they are and what triggers what and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you still go home and binge or when you still return to that toxic partner, 
the mind can only, in my opinion and experience across the board, can only take you so far. The mind is powerful, of course, but if we don't include the body, especially for things where we need to make intuitive gut decisions, such as like literally eating, like the body is the one doing the eating, not the mind. Or when we, when, like you said, your, um, your clients know intuitively in the first month, right? Just from feeling alone that these are red flags, yet they keep going. So it's about yeah. learning to come into your body, habitate your body once again in a safe way, and then learn to trust your body more so even than the mind. Then the body becomes the yes. trustworthy one. And the mind is the yes. one doing its ego song and dance, doing all the justifying. And then we can kind of bypass the mind, transcend the mind, and let the body's wisdom be the leader. Yes. And I agree. A lot yes. of times an expert is needed for that because it's so wildly different than what a lot of us have done. A lot of us are just these floating heads just walking around and we're like totally disconnected. I know even when I'm just sitting at my computer working, I like, for, I forget I have a body. I'm like, then I stand up, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry and I have to pee and my leg hurts and I'm tired. And, and suddenly I can feel my body again. But a lot of us go through our whole lives that way. Yes, 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 yes. So true. Um, the thing that you, you said something that stood, um, now I'm losing it. Oh, I really wanted to comment on this. Let's see. Maybe it'll come back to me. Coming into the body, oh. working with an expert. Yeah. Um, the intuition Shifting piece. Shifting out of greater well, um, <laughs> let, let me talk about this. Let me let me talk about the shifting. Um, well, shifting out of fighter foot, but the intuition piece. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people who I'm sure your clients who have you talked about little t trauma. Um, yeah, and you you don't have to have like you know I talk to a lot of people. And I'll ask, you know, some of my clients, like, do you have childhood trauma? And their initial response is no. And then we'll get into um, more work together. And then they reveal, well, my, uh, my dad left when I was five. Or my mom had a drinking problem, but, you know, she got food on the table every night for dinner. Or, you know, I, I never saw my, my, uh, my, my mom always told me I was, I was fat or overweight. Or my aunt was – so – there's these little little things that that pile up, and what I know uh, from my experience, whether you have little t trauma, and like we all have trauma to some extent, little t trauma or big t trauma, um, depending on how much you have, it actually makes you more perceptive, because if your environment at some point in your life did not feel safe you have to learn to be more perceptive to read people or read the room or read the energy in the room so the irony that i find is that a lot of people who say they can't trust themselves anymore actually have the strongest intuition but oh, yeah. the pattern of yeah but the pattern of ignoring that 
is a maladapted way to create safety in what might be an unsafe, and that's that's learned behavior from long before. Do you understand? So the pattern of ignoring yourself and ignoring your intuition can be rooted in past trauma where you had to ignore yourself in order to create safety in your environment or create safety. And so that habit never goes away. It just keeps repeating, whether it's, I know I shouldn't be eating right now. It's 1.30 in the morning. Oh, I'm going to override myself. Or I know I shouldn't answer his text. We've broken up 17 times already, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's like you're crossing your own line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of people will, you know, for me, I hear a lot of, a lot of talk and stories about my ex did this, he did this. He, there's a lot of, you know, victimization naturally that happens here. Um, and he keeps texting me and he keeps calling me and then he did this and then he did this and then he did this. And it's really what your ex is doing is just a reflection of what you're doing to yourself. If you're feeling, if you're getting in, in relationships that betray you, it's because you're essentially betraying yourself in that dynamic. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I had this um, conversation with somebody recently because he had this argument of, oh, it's because processed foods. And, you know, if, it, if I wasn't around pro foods that are processed and hyper palatable, then I wouldn't have these issues. And it is so not that. Right. But we'll talk about <laughs> the foods and how it's the cookies. It's the cookies that are the problem. I just can't have these cookies in the house. Meanwhile, it is completely the, the problem of you repeatedly crossing your own boundaries so many times breaking promises to yourself so many more so many times that it it feels almost impossible to trust yourself you feel like there's no even integrity within yourself and that erosion of self-trust over time now how can we make a big decision like to leave a relationship or to hire a coach or to you know then we don't trust ourselves with the big things because we feel like we can't even trust ourselves with these little promises like don't eat after seven so yeah this is um this is the cycle and yeah. I think you're totally spot on that it doesn't matter necessarily what the trauma is or even the degree, not that it doesn't matter, but in terms of our context here, that regardless of what the trauma is, we're going to create these coping tools that are self-destructive. But like you said, we're not doing it because we're against ourselves. We're not doing it because we're trying to punish ourselves. We're actually doing it because we're trying to preserve ourselves. It's it's a dysfunctional yes. way of doing it, but that's the real yes. It's not about self-hate. It's about self-preservation and survival and you know, wanting to take care of ourselves in a way, right? That's why I know for me, that's when I would binge, even though I knew I would feel worse, I would convince myself that I would feel better. And I did it because mm -hmm. I wanted to feel better, not worse. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, people think, oh, I'm doing this to punish myself or I'm a self-destructive person. No, you are a person who is desperately trying to save yourself. It's just yeah. in a, like you said, a maladaptive way. And I think that's one way that we can have ultimately when we're going through this process of healing have more compassion for ourselves because if we can recognize that this is all on some, even if it's a distorted level, this is all about love for ourselves. Yes. That ultimately we're trying 
to show ourselves what that feels like. Yes, 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 yes. So true. If I can say one final thing there, you mentioned that this is really all about love. I had a teacher years ago talk about um, from the samskara model, she created a gingerbread cookie, like a, a gingerbread drawing. And she was like, this is like, you know, you when you're like four years old, it's like a little gingerbread, but he doesn't have any decorations on him yet. And then all of a sudden he gets his buttons, he gets like a few stripes here and there. And all of the decorations on the gingerbread are wounds from the past, like little, little marks. And so this teacher said, no matter what you do in your life, you will never outrun your samskara. You will never outrun the marks on your little gingerbread <laughs> because life will, no matter where you move, how much money you make, who you marry, who you divorce, how much, like your, your job title, whatever, cars, nothing, nothing else external. No matter what you do, life is always going to give you things that are going to touch your marks because it's life's way, God's way, the universe's way of giving you the opportunity to release that, to let go of that. And when you let go of that, it's no longer, it's, it's no longer a haunt. It doesn't haunt you. And when you, when you no longer have the things, these patterns that haunt you, your natural state is love. You come into this world. No, no, no child. Maybe, maybe there's probably an argument here, right? But you know, when, when babies are born, they're not like cussing themselves out in their brain or, or they're not beating themselves up if they, if they spit up, right? They don't know. That's just what they're doing. And over time, we learn these behaviors that just cloud our perception and cause us to temporarily forget that who we really are. So I wanted to, to, to chime in on the love piece because, you know, a lot of my clients, especially when they first enroll and start doing the work, don't see it that way yet. Naturally, <laughs> they still see my ex as an asshole and he ruined my life. But when you kind of sit, take a step back and look at like, you had this stuff long before your ex came in the picture. Your ex coming in the picture was life giving you what you needed to pull up the marks in you, the samskara, so that it could be released and like and healed properly. Um, yeah. Hmm. So good. So good. I agree. <laughs> I think that that. Uh, one of my teachers, uh, Swami Brahmananda, always says our, our greatest weakness is our greatest strength. And mm -hmm. that when we can lean in to what has been plaguing us and haunting us and lift ourselves through that lesson, that this can ultimately be the hugest gift that we can get in our lives. And um, I would love if before we close here, I would just love to share that for those of you of my listeners um, who, if you're finding yourself in a toxic relationship or you've come out of a toxic relationship and now you're in a position where you want to be able to enter into a healthy relationship without falling into your old patterns, Bethany offers uh, consultation calls 
um, where they're really breakthroughs, like what you give people in these free calls. Um, of course, they get to decide if they want to work with you or not. But the call itself, I know just from knowing you and even just like you helped me through a, a relationship that I needed to end. And um, like you cut through the shit. <laughs> like <laughs> you were just like, oh, sure. So <laughs> why waste time? There's who, no time to waste. <laughs> there's no time to waste. Life is precious and time is the yeah. most non-renewable resource we have. And if you are somebody who you know you're ready to change, but you need someone not who's going to say, you know, who's just going to like co-sign your BS, but someone who's going to like really like hold your feet to the fire and hold you accountable and like make you look at yourself. Like Bethany does that in the most, like obviously you're very skilled because you have a lot of trainings, but I really believe it's a gift the way that you do that. And you do it in such a, a sharp way, but such a loving way. And um, so for those of you uh, in my community who feel like you can use that service and that gift, I really invite you to put uh, to book a call back and I'll get the link from you so I could put it in the show notes. Um, but is there anything else you want to say for anyone who might be interested in your work and, and moving forward? Yeah, I would just say um, there will never be a perfect time when you're ready to face yourself and there will never be a better time like, like the present. And if, you know, a lot of people stay in unhealthy relationships because they fear the unknown. They fear what life could be like single. Um, and if you keep fearing the unknown, you keep attracting fearful situations that make you more afraid and shut down. So you have to change and stop living in fear and face all of the things that are holding you back and, and really truly start living from a place of love and acceptance. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's true. The fear doesn't go away on its own. We have to take the action to move through the fear 100%. Right. So right. thank you, Denise, so much for coming on. And I'm so grateful you. for you um, for sharing all of this with, with my community. So um, I hope to have you on the show again in the future. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, thank you for thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues.